0: be able to have a conversation with every single team member every single day about where they're at um, you know what they're doing what's you know what's motivating them you know what's challenging them that's so important for me Um, and it you know it holds so much value um, to be able to you know to do that
1: this is the deep in the weeds podcast i'm anthony huckstep At the pointy end of dining the art of gastronomy can lead diners into a willing suspension of disbelief much like the arts but what happens when the arts combines with the culinary arts dan hartel law is the executive chef of hota home of the arts in queensland dan how are you
0: i very good huck how are you
1: good it's great to get you on the show you're a busy man with lots going on at the moment um tell us a little bit about what you're doing
0: Uh, So, uh, this week uh, we're uh, opening Pop Masters, uh, which is a world exclusive, uh, which is really cool. Um, A collection of art from the Magrabi collection uh, from New York, um, which uh, is a collection of pop art, which is really, really quite amazing. Um, We're so so lucky to be able to have some of the pieces that we're getting um, some of which even the the family themselves haven't even seen which is uh, yeah which is pretty remarkable
1: What what some of the artists uh, are you featuring?
0: Uh, So the three main artists featured uh, Andy Warhol Jean-Michel Basquiat and Keith Haring Um, and then we've also got some of the uh, uh, some other artists um, Damien Hirst's uh, some pieces from Cause, um, the OG Tom Wesselman, um, some stuff from Tom Sachs. Um, yeah, an amazing collection.
1: Tell us a little bit about um, your involvement there and how does it affect everything that you do across the board with, with food when there's such big sort of um, shows like this on?
0: So, obviously, it impacts visitation, um, which, is, which is a good thing. Um, but uh, in uh, – so – We've got multiple uh, venues uh, on our precincts, um, but in our, uh, I guess, the jewel in the crown palette, um, the food program um, is directly influenced by the art. So, whatever we're running in our major gallery or our main gallery, rather, um, is uh, directly – the food is directly led by that. So, we work with our curatorial team um, before, you know, before we – the art on the walls um to get an understanding of you know the vision of the um of the show to get a vision of you know the art that's going to be there um and we either you know we we look at literal um we look at lateral we look at understanding what is going to you know to, to be able to be you know influencing what we're putting on the plate um so for this uh this show you know we've. We've done things like, um, uh, uh, you know, the the cause um, I think is the one that's standing out the most for me at the moment Um, in that, you know, the X in the cause eyes, um, we've got this, uh, you know, locally sourced duck um, that we're creating a pie for um, and then the pie um, is going to have those nice little cause Xs on it Um, and then... Uh, another dish that we've got um, is uh, locally caught seafood or aquaculture seafood. Um, we take four, um, whatever's caught in the week. Um, and then we, um, yeah, we present that kind of in that very uh, Andy Warhol pop art style in, you know, four, four different presentations. It's
1: such a fascinating um, approach. Um, tell us about that um, Warhol dish and how, how do you go about the sort of creating the dishes and what's the process?
0: Uh, so, we started, well, we actually started this um, this one um, uh, in, uh, it was supposed to hit us late 2019, early 2020, um, and obviously, the world had other plans for us. Um, so, yeah, this uh, this menu, actually, we've been developing for three years, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, so yeah, look, uh, it's it's a pretty kind of collaborative process. Um, I like to, to to work with you know with all arms of the business um, to be able to get you know to get an understanding and to get the full picture, um, and then I'll bring that back to my team, um, and we'll have I guess a bit of a think tank. Um, you know afternoon where we kind of throw some ideas around um, and then from there you know I I go away and look at sourcing um, you know what's going to be around what we can you know what we can do um, in relation to you know having things grown for us um, we've also got a pretty extensive fermentation program here um, so we have a look in our cabinet and kind of have a you know have a think about what we can kind of put on um to you know to, to to run the course of the menu um and then yeah we kind of bring it all together we go through a pretty extensive tasting schedule where yeah we'll you know we'll do preliminary tastings around individual items and then we'll kind of bring the dish together um and then out of that we'll we'll go into you know a a tasting with the organization um which is yeah where we get you know subtle changes but generally by that point we're we're pretty confident with what we're offering
1: it's such a different way to approach the craft has there been any sort of um failures or bumps in the road along the way or real successes that stand out as a dish with this sort of process that you go through
0: um for me it's uh, it's it's probably not measured that way um we we As a team, generally won't let things um, progress if they're, you know, if in those early stages we're going, you know, what this isn't something that's for us, or you know, it's not going to work in our kitchen space, or you know, the the base of it is going to be not manageable by you know by the end user, Um, and it's you know it's with a you know with a team that's kind of. the team in the space now has been standing for just shy of a year for most of them now. Um, some of them longer. Um, and they, they understand the space as well. Um, so, you know, we, with that early collaboration, we tend to iron a lot of those kinks out very early. Um, that doesn't kind of lead us down the, you know, the pathway to, to non-success.
1: I want to explore some of the things that you're doing there and, and also how you sort of oversee so many different um, food operations um, there at HOTA. But take us back to when you were young. What sort of role did food play in your family growing up?
0: Uh, look, for me, food is uh, – it's always been kind of in the peripheral. I think early in my life, um, you know, I didn't grow up uh, in a very um, – food-centric house you know I don't have that grandma that cooks everything all the time and you know passed down recipes or anything like that Um, you know I grew up in social housing and you know meat and three veg was often the way Um, but we did we did like to celebrate and we did like to go out um, you know for occasions so we'd go to local Italians or local Chinese restaurants for birthdays and things like that Um, but food for me and cooking in general kind of came more so as a a bit of an escape from that life um, and to kind of get away from it, you know, everything that was going on in food at that time, you know, we're talking 20 odd years ago was about how it was so grueling and it was so hard and it was, you know, it was consuming everyone's time. And I was like, well, you know, life for me is not, um, you know, it, it, it's, it's my pathways, you know, it, it, it didn't feel like I had all of the opportunity in the world at that point. So, how can I make that for myself? Um, and I, you know, I, I fell in love with it very quickly. Um, I was so lucky to, to be surrounded by um, you know, some really passionate people in the very first kitchen that I worked in. Um, you know, one had come to, to run that kitchen via key. Um, so, teaching me you know, at that time, social media wasn't a thing either. So, you know, if you wanted to know something, someone either had to tell you or you had to read about it um, in, in the newspaper or, you know, in a book. Um, so it was, you know, it was really such an accelerated learning. Um, and that, you know, that learning curve was so steep and the, you know, the passion for people around you was so large that, you know, that community and that bonds that hospitality gives, you know, its workers was, you know, the, the thing that caught my attention the most. Um, and, you know, that was uh, age 14. Um, so, for me, I was, um, you know, I was really, really, really lucky. Um, and, I you know, I feel my career um, kind of had a lot of that really, really lucky and, you know, meeting a lot of people, um, you know, that kind of mentored and, and, and shone a bit of a light for me was, it, it, it tends to be the story for me, which I, you know, I, I feel so so blessed to be able to have that.
1: Well, tell us a bit about um, some of the venues and the people that really made an impact on you uh, as you built your career.
0: Uh, so after that, that space, um, uh, which was just a, 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 an unassuming cafe, believe it or not. Um, although that being said, we were doing kind of four or five hundred um, every Saturday, Sunday, um, which was pretty, pretty chaotic, um, and we were. We were also uh, listed in the good food guide at, at 14 out of 20, which was which was really cool too. Um, but, yeah, from there I, um, I was really lucky. I got a spot in the kitchen at uh, a restaurant called Solitary, um, which doesn't exist anymore, but uh, way back then. Um, sorry, context as well, in the Blue Mountains, um, which is where I'm from. Um, uh, yeah, Solitary, um, which, yeah, the year um, – that I was there was regional restaurant of the year with two hats um, and yeah three chefs in the kitchen and um, the you know the, the techniques in that space I, I still think back and shudder at like how it was just even possible you know we were hand whipping egg whites for souffles we were you know cooking burrides to order we were hand cutting tartars to order um, you know for, for an 80 cover service um, it was it was a it was a crazy kitchen to be a part of. Um, but it was good fun because there was so small, you know, everyone kind of racked in and, and got it done. And yeah, that again, that accelerated learning for, for food and for high quality food in that space was, you know, that kind of sparked a, I want to, you know, pursue like greatness here. How do I find, you know, who's doing great things? Um, which led me to, to, to key. Um, I went in for, for lunch one day and um, Pete came and sat with me for, you know, for, for half an hour and we just talked food and I was like, I just want to spend all of my time with you because you are the kind of human that is going to teach me a lot. Um, and I ended up, yeah, spending spending two years with Pete, which was amazing. Um, you know the, the foundation that Peter gave me for for my ability to cook Um, and the, you know, the individuals that were in the kitchen at that time, you know, um, Clayton Wells, uh, Tommy Bjork, um, uh, uh, Dave Clark, um, you know, heaps more, Um, Christopher the, um, yeah, like stacks of chefs that are now doing amazing things. Um, You know, having the pedigree of those around you as well just informs everything that you do and, you know, helps you to hold yourself to a higher standard. Um, And, you know, the the food that we were putting out at that point, you know, I think we were listed at 28 on the world's 50 best restaurants. And, you know, that was back-to-back restaurant of the year for Gourmet, for Sydney Morning Herald, for everything like it was yeah it was an amazing thing to be a part of and it yeah you know the as i said the foundation as a as a young chef to be able to be in that space and to you know to be mentored by those people was incredible and feel so so very lucky to have been able to do that
1: you spent a bit of time in in melbourne as well what was that experience like
0: uh yeah so melbourne um moved down uh uh, on the back end of a cyclone, um, uh, which was, which was uh, not a fun thing to do. Um, but yeah, uh, Melbourne running uh, Albert Street Food and Wine when I first arrived um, was, was an interesting thing to, to, to enter into after the, the teams that had been there before me. Um, but also just an introduction to a city that I'd never really had anything to do with. Um I'd never traveled to Melbourne until I um until I moved down there to, to run that space. Um and it works a lot differently to Sydney, um, which uh, you know, uh, was was a, a steep learning curve in itself. Um there's a lot of uh I guess that, you know, uh people that will just come to you with things and go, Look, I've got this, do you want some? Um was was a really cool thing to to have um it never really kind of occurred um in any of the spaces in sydney you know we tend to you know go to individual farms or we'd go to you know to wholesalers so to have that was really cool and there was you know people that would come through the back door you know having gone and foraged pine mushrooms or you know having gone and shot a, a deer or you know those kinds of things it was it was really actually quite great and the you know the people in the space um, prior to that um, had kind of fostered a lot of those relationships for me, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, some um, some stuff with the with the people that kind of invested in that space had happened, and they elected to close. Um, you know, the relationship fell apart, which was unfortunate. Um, and. Uh, <sighs> I don't remember if it was advertised or if I just kind of went, you know what, I want to be in that space. Um, I think it was probably the latter. Um, but, yeah, I threw my hat in the ring to, to, to go and take a, a leadership role at the press club um, under George Columbaris, um, which at the time uh, the space was a 10-table a restaurant with a test kitchen. Um, and that space was was remarkable. Um, You know, I think that that poor man has gone through quite a lot of grief, um, you know, being such a such a heavy public figure. Um, You know, it's not been a been a nice thing to watch, um, you know, and knowing him um, and, you know, what he sets out to put into the world versus what was being told that he was putting out into the world were two very different things, um, which is, you know, which is never nice to see. Um, because yeah, you know, he not only with me, but anyone, um, you know, was so willing with his time, um, and you know, what he puts into the industry and what he, you know, his vision and how he sees the industry is so different to, to that, which is, you know, again, you know, kind of portrayed, um, which is really sad because it's, it's not nice to watch that happen to, to someone, let alone someone that, you know.
1: You spent some time at dinner by Heston as well. What was that kitchen like compared to others you had worked in? <laughs>
0: um, I still remember um, the very the very first day I walked past a roster. And, um, you know, prior to that, I think the biggest kitchen that I'd ever worked in was key at, uh, I think in peak was about 30. Um, the, the roster at dinner was um, – It was anywhere from 100 to 120 um, with, yeah, kind of a a, a lot. Um, But, I mean, you know, it was fully booked for for months on end um, and fully booked for that space was 180, um, which, you know, you just need manpower to do that. Um, The... The process, everything in that was, um, you know, people often ask me, you know, oh, you know, when are you going to pull out a Heston dish? And it's like, well, probably never because they're Heston dishes. Um, But, you know, I, I think when you work in spaces like that, it's not necessarily about, you know, I'm going there to, you know, to rip off a guy's work, life's work. I'm going there to learn, you know, how the pinnacle of dining does things Um, and to you know to be informed by process to be informed by technique and then to be able to then you know take those processes and techniques and implement them into you know things that you do later on um which i think you know my entire journey has been about that um but you know, I think for 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 some of the stuff learnt in those spaces, um, or in dinner in particular, you know, it's about that real rigor of you know you're doing, you know, let's say you do of that 180, you know, your role in that is, uh, you know, uh, I my time there was spent on garnish, um, so you know, my role in that was producing the garnish for 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 all of the mains that we serve. So you know you. It's a pretty safe bet to say that of the 180, at least 160 to 170 of them are going to have a main. So, you know, what is your role in that and how do you then, you know, ensure that what you're doing and your role in that is to 100% Um, and, you know, learning some of the processes in there and again, being surrounded by mega talent everywhere, you know, I still can never get over the fact that there was, you know, the pass in that kitchen was at any given time, six to eight on the plating side of the pass. And then there was two to three on the, you know, on the calling or the expediting side of the pass, um, which is, you know, I would, I think anyone would kill for that kind of labor <laughs> in their kitchen. Um, you know, uh, we... You know, in regional dining here on the Gold Coast have, you know, someone who does, uh, you know, mains and that is they cook, plate and, you know, and do all of the mise en plus for it. Um, and then, you know, comparable to a kitchen like that, it's, yeah, yeah, chalk and cheese, right?
1: I know you mentioned that, you know, you would never sort of steal any of his dishes and and things like that, but you know his his approach is is really lies in that sort of suspension of disbelief and creating things that aren't as they seem is, has has that knowledge that you've learnt been uh, a tool that you've used with your approach you know when you're when you have an exhibition on and you're creating dishes
0: yeah, look, I think um, his ideology when it comes to food is to dig a little deeper. Um, is, is really the core or the, you know, the essence of of Heston's, you know, approach to, to food. And, yeah, I, th- I think that really does inform, you know, how how I approach things and how I kind of get my team to approach things as well. It's like let's not just take it on face value here. Let's look at, you know, if we're, um, you know, if we're doing, you know, a, a the example I'm going to use is we make uh, a series of different soys in-house. And it's like, so, you know, we end up obviously with the soy at the end of it. um, But there's a pulp that's left behind. There's a, you know, there's, spent grain there that we can use. There's, you know, how do we influence the flavor a little bit differently here? And to really just always continually ask questions of ourselves and of the products, you know, is there a byproduct that we're getting from this that we can utilize and that we can influence our flavors by? Um, And yeah, I I definitely think that that's something that, um, that has probably come from that space, you know, subconsciously.
1: How did the role at the Home of the Arts come about?
0: Uh, so it was, um, because of the um, Home of the Arts is, uh, a city, um, funded enterprise. Um, it went out to market. Um, and I, at the, at the time, um, when it went out to market, um, was working at the Star um, on the Gold Coast and running uh, an Italian restaurant in the space, um, which was a a little bit away from where my career trajectory had taken me. Excuse me, sorry. Um, And it was, um, you know, at a point where I was kind of, you know, I'd gone through a little bit of a, a rough time with an owner of an establishment that I'd opened um, a year or so prior. Um, And I was kind of like, you know what, I'm ready to get back into it. I'm ready to, you know, to kind of put my creativity, um, you know, back to the forefront of what I do as opposed to, you know, in an environment like the star, it's more so about volume. It's about, you know, it's about finance. It's about those kinds of things. Um, which, you know, again, informs the way that I work and the way that I do things, um, definitely. And, you know, I think there's a, a lot more consideration for, for, for those. And, I, you know, I, I am very thankful to have been exposed to, you know, to, to an operator like that. But, yeah, creativity was definitely something that was missing in my life um, whilst I was there. So, I thought to myself, you know, home of the arts – Obviously, there's going to be a very, very high level of creativity involved in that. Um, I also, you know, I knew a, a couple of people within the organization who, you know, who gave me a little bit of a, a, an inside look at what, um, what they were looking for and what the kind of, um, you know, the, the plan and the strategy was. Um, so, I put together a bit of a, a, a package around, you know, what I would do if it was me um and you know uh kind of put forth that i i believe that in a in a building that's kind of been built and paid for by the ratepayers of the city um that you know it should be something that is you know it it heroes the city it's something that we can be you know we can be proud of once you know we get tourism back to be able to say look where we're heroing producers of this city, farmers of this city, um, and also talk to this idea that, like the Gold Coast, um, obviously hotter is a big part of the kind of cultural shifts. You know, we're not about surface paradise and schoolies, um, and you know, coming and 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 getting munted. Um, you know, there is a there is a cultural significance. to to this city Um, and you know we have within the space of a 20 minute drive the beach the rainforest the desert Um, we have the Narang River that runs through the entire city which is um, you know such an abundant source of you know of of ecology that you know we should be talking about we also have uh, you know the list of endemic species that I know of is you know kind of 50 to 60 but I, I'm constantly learning more and understanding more about, you know, the, there's some 200 edible species of plant that are, you know, that are in this region. And, you know, those are the types of things that we like to talk about in this space. And to, you know, it's a really hero because we do get a lot of, you know, now that tourism is alive again, um, you know, we do get a lot of people coming here from, from other states or even other countries and it 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 gives me great pride to be able to talk to to the city and who and what it is um because it's not just that you know that face value um of what it used to be kind of 20 to to 30 years ago we are a a, the you know the a big driver of culture here and we really are are proud of that
1: that's a really interesting point the perception of gold coast um but Tell us a little bit more about the produce of the region. Is there one or two that you can pull out that sort of speak um, producers or produce of the region that sort of speak of it that you use quite a bit?
0: So, uh, have a, a I have a chat with my my uh, fruit and veg supplier about the the Lockyer Valley and the Darling Downs. Um, Lockyer Valley probably sits just outside of the Gold Coast kind of region, um, but the you know. The, the reality is, you know, when you go to the, the supermarket, um, which is, you know, the, the source of food for majority of the country, um, for, for nine months of the year, that's coming from Queensland and from, from, those two, um, from those two ag regions. And I think that that is something that a lot of people just don't know. And to be able to, to talk to that is, is really, I think, such a valuable thing um, but look, for me, uh, producers up here, um, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Rocky Point Aquaculture um, and Serena and the amazing work that she does out there. Um, being out on the farm um, with her is, you know, it's it's nothing short of a of a privilege. Um, you know, uh, the process. Um, you know, uh, not to cut her story short, but you know, used to be prawn farmers. Um, that got wiped out by White Spot um, and then just kind of revisited what they were doing and how they were doing it. And they're, for me, um, now market leaders in the aquaculture industry. Um, you know, they're. I think they're, if they're not there already, um, they're very close to being um, carbon neutral. They're, you know, they're using locally sourced um, uh feed for their fish um, and, you know, the the products I would have no doubt that you have um, come across it more than once, Um, you know, we can can, with our hands on our hearts say that it is some of the best aquaculture um, produced fish that I think anyone will ever come across. Um, The cobia I know um, is just about to hit the marketplace and everyone wants it. Um, I, I, yeah, I had a pretty funny conversation, um, around it last week, around yeah, just how much and how long it was going to last for, because yeah, everyone wants to put their hands on it. Um, uh, I think uh, Delicious listed it as the gold medal winner for last year, and yeah, there's, you know, some great, great stories and some great, um, you know, the the product speaks for itself, but. You know the story along with it to be able to say that yeah market leading it is literally a stone throw away from my restaurant um it's you know it's it's a beautiful thing to be able to use and you know it's a privilege for us
1: you're now seeing overseeing multiple food spaces and concepts as well how, how do you manage all the different sort of food offerings and concepts do you um, have a, a core set of principles that you operate by
0: yes um, and there's quite a few. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, I think it's that, um, that really, you know, it, it's an inward reflection sometimes where you go, you know, what are we, you know, are we ticking all of the boxes that we set out to tick? Um, and yeah, you know, uh, we have uh, three always on, um, food and beverage offerings, um, a, a rooftop bar, um, palette which we've spoken about, and uh, a cafe which is um, you know kind of tiered to the to the gallery goer. Um, so the gallery goer or the you know people that are visiting our our site, um, you know, have multiple options at multiple different tiers. Um, we also have a, a, a pretty extensive um, function and event space. Um, which is again you know um, kind of we have a, a, a pretty extensive compendium of, of different offerings for that. Um, and we also have a, a, a amphitheater um, for uh, live performance and within those live performance we do um, you know catering for, for that as well. so you know anywhere up to kind of 5,000 people to come and see a show um, we, we offer the catering for that as well. And all of those are guided by, um, I guess, the core principle for me is we look in our backyard first. Um, And if we can't get it in our backyard, then, you know, we prioritize quality. um, And that, you know, obviously, when we're looking in our backyard, we're looking at quality as well. Um, But, yeah, secondary to if we can't find it in our backyard, then we look to, to, to quality Um, and then we look at, you know, how, how we can kind of work together, um, kind of symbiotically. So, uh, we in pallet, um, for this coming menu are using Guy and ducks. Um, so just kind of North of Port Macquarie, um, two school teachers who decided one day that they wanted to, um, to, 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 get some ducks and, and try their hand at farming, um, now produce some of the best ducks that I've ever had the the, the privilege of um, being able to use, um, and uh, we're just using the legs in pallets. So um, we you know we, we sit down as a as a leadership team um, in the in the different outlets and have a conversation and go look we're going to have this byproduct left at the end of at you know at the end of the week how and where can we use it. Um, so, you know, the duck breasts um, coming as a, at, a, at a premium at, you know, we're buying whole ducks. Um, they've costed into the menu in palette. Um, so, you know, we're kind of left with this product that we go, okay, so where is this going to go? How are we going to use it? Um, and, you know, it's things like that that really inform how we, you know, how we do things. And that idea of collaboration, you know, Gone are the days of having the demigod who tells you what you need to do and you kind of don't think for yourself and, you know, you don't have an idea. My kind of, you know, secondary to let's look in our backyard, the the core principle is collaboration. Like let's talk about it. Let's understand each other and understand each other's needs. And, you know, then we can kind of build something that is, you know, this collaborative set of ideas. Um, and I, I think that, you know, with that, we get this really great, you know, really great standing of chefs who really are passionate and proud of what they do.
1: Has this role that you have, has it changed the way, um, you see food and your craft and, and create dishes? Uh,
0: I would say so. Um, I'm definitely uh, not as hands on as I once was. Um, That being said, I think, um, you know, if you were to ask, uh, you know, 10 executive chefs how many hours a week they spend on the tools, um, I still try and make sure that, you know, mine stays on the tool heavy side of the week. Um, But I'm definitely not as, um, you know, not as much as I I once was Um, definitely not running lines or, you know, working on the line like I used to. Um, But I think, you know, we're in this world that is very different. Um, You know, we probably see once every couple of weeks, if not every couple of months, something about, you know, how the hospitality industry is changing and how it's varied and how, you know, how it's so horrible and i i I don't think that that's necessarily true i think that it's still this beautiful industry filled with people that are so driven and so passionate about what they do and what they want to do that sometimes you just have to harness that um and you know whilst there is a very high level of creativity and there's a very high level of you know of procurement and and things like that are involved in my job i think one of the biggest parts of my job and it's the thing that gives me such a great deal of joy is you know i see my job as being more a facilitator so i'm facilitating my staff and you know giving them what they need to be able to produce greatness um and that you know i I, I reckon if you were to you know to Run into ten people on the street and ask them what they do for a living, and you know how it how it um, you know engages them. Um, for me, I, I have never honestly have a job had a job that engages me like this one does. And you know to be able to engage you know every day or every other day if they're not here. Um, you know a team of around thirty. I think I'm up to now, give or take. Um, you know, to be able to have a conversation with every single team member every single day about where they're at, um, you know, what they're doing, what's, you know, what's motivating them, you know, what's challenging them, um, you know, that's that's so important for me. Um, and, it you know, it holds so much value um, to be able to, you know, to do that.
1: You've built an amazing career and have a lot of young chefs working for you now. What, what sort of advice – do you have for young chefs just making their way in the industry?
0: Um, I would honestly say to anyone who wants to do this job that, you know, don't take it lightly. Um, you know, if you're going to do it, you know, commit, right. Um, I, I, I cop a lot of grief in my, in my home life, um, because it, it, you know, it influences every facet of, of, of my home life. Um, and, you know, I, 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 I say that, um, you know, a little bit jovially, um, but the, you know, the reality is I'll be, you know, on a day off sitting on the, on the lounge room floor playing with my two year olds and, you know, on the TV screen behind her is going to be, you know, a, a YouTube clip of, um, you know, a, a, a restaurant around the world or, you know, someone who's, who's doing something, uh, you know, differently with, with, with a chicken or, Something, you know, to kind of continue my brain thinking about how we can do things. And, you know, don't get me wrong, 80% of my attention goes to my daughter, but there's still a a small amount of of my brain space that's kind of going towards continuing to to better, you know, myself and my understanding of the craft and, you know, what's going on um, in the industry And I think that that for for young chefs is, you know, super important. The access to information is, you know, as I mentioned at the top of the conversation, you know, for me 20 years ago, if you wanted to to learn it, you had to go and physically learn it. Um, Whereas now the access to information is at the touch of, you know, your screen. Um, So, how do you, you know, how do you take that and then, you know, build it into, you know, kind of learning and education. Um, But I also think that that idea of, you know, what it was 20 years ago, I think is still super important. I think that you still need to be able to spend your time with people and to help them to inform who and what you're going to be. Um, You know, there's people that have been in this industry for a lot longer than I have that are, you know, that are very good. And, um, you know, for me, someone like Peter Gilmore is – the, the number one mentor that I've ever had in my life because he, you know, he is a leader. He is a, he's a person who is so passionate and driven about what he does and, you know, you can't help but want to be surrounded by people like that. It's, you know, if you have 50% of your core being that wants to be a chef, if you're putting yourself in an environment with a person like that, the other 50% is going to get filled up very quickly because that passion is infectious, right?
1: Well, it's amazing what you're doing up there and look forward to seeing what the um, event, uh, pop-
0: Pop Masters. That's Pop Masters, thank (laughs) you for helping me out there.
1: Um, And see what comes to fruition with that. It's been an absolute honor to have you on Deep in the Weeds today to hear part of your story. Uh, Please keep in touch and we'll catch up again soon.
0: Thanks for having me, Huck.
1: This is the Deep in the Weeds podcast.